Hello and welcome back to the 303 podcast. My name is Ollie Fawcett, founder and creative director at 303. And I'm Jamie Vaughan, co-owner and director of 303. This is the podcast where we talk to you about all things entrepreneurship, business, marketing and life at 303. For those that don't know, 303 is a creative digital agency that creates and distributes content for the curious and the ambitious. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back. How you doing, boy? All as well. Good. Um, so we've been away for a few weeks. Haven't really put out much content apart from our Rich Energy podcast, which we will come on to because mm. we had some good responses. Um, we're trying out new structures today. Are you prepared? I'm more prepared than I've been before. I'd have say. you read the notes that have been provided for us? There's some preparations there. Mm. Mm, thank you. Um, so you want to try a new structure to the podcast just to give a bit more context, have a bit more of a flow so we don't natter as much as we normally do. Mm? Ready? Yep. Good. So last couple of weeks have been pretty busy with 303 life very busy um so we wanted to round those up a little bit mm. so what's been going on tell me there's been many shoots the world is opening back up which is all very exciting yeah um so yeah the creative team have been out and about much more than they had been mm-hmm. um including some new clients which has been quite exciting yeah can you tell me anything about those or are you just going to stay secretive no, I mean, I think the one that we're all uh, highly excited about and have been shooting lots for is the Burlington Arcade, mm-hmm. a very famous shopping arcade in Mayfair, just off Piccadilly. Indeed. Um, for those who don't know, um, plenty of very cool luxury watch, jewellery, yeah. accessory um, stores in there, um, some of which have been there for tens and tens of years, which is all very, very cool to be, um, to be involved with. So that's And obviously that's all just opened up because retail has now opened up. Yeah, April 12th has been and gone. Mm, indeed, indeed. Um, so we've been doing some content down there, um, planning for a lot of campaigns we've got prepped and some work we're doing down there, right? Correct. Exciting exactly times. Um, what else is going on in the world? Um, it's Friday, by the way, everyone. If everyone's wondering why Jamie looks like he's falling asleep, because it's Friday. It's been a long day. And you've had a long week and a long day. I've had a very long You're day. You're looking like a tired panda. Oh, okay, <laughs> nice. Ollie's wired on pre-workout. Thank yep. you. Actual oh, Stafford. Yeah, actual Stafford. He doesn't listen to this because he's a bigger podcaster than we are. But um, yeah, he sent us some pre-workout. Well, he sent us some goods from Ghost, his new... Um, Ollie's just doing, using it as pre. I'm literally just using it as pre-life and I'm now wired. <laughs> um, I've also been giving it to various members of the team just we to have, see yeah. their reaction. Anyone who's dropping off. Um, I'd say we've been doing a huge quantity of stuff that's towards Reels and TikTok. Um, yeah. What do you think? We were possibly a bit slow out of the blocks with and have now made some strong recoveries with mm. all of our clients are really making some inroads there, which is exciting to see. Because reels are great for what? Tell me. Organic reach mm. is very strong on reels. Yep. Um, so for those that don't understand organic reach, basically how many people might see your organic content without having to pay for it. And Facebook and Instagram are very selective in the placements that they boost their organic reach. And at the moment, Reels is the best place on the Facebook family platforms. Yeah. Short of obviously TikTok and, and LinkedIn still being pretty strong as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, different format, different way of shooting content, less reliant on big shiny cameras and a little bit more authentic and feel, which nice. I think people are enjoying. Well, let's see how that plays out. Mm. We've, um, two big things have already happened the last couple of weeks. One, we've been hiring, which is exciting, and we're still hiring, which yes. is very good. And if anyone's looking for a placement at 303, where can they go? If you're incredible at paid media, DM me. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> if you've uh, if you've got aspirations in the world of client services, um, head to our LinkedIn pages, send me or Ollie a message. Yeah. Or jobs at 303.london. Drop your CV in and we'll see what we can do for you. 
Definitely. Um, client services is one I wanted to briefly talk about for the selective few that listen to this podcast. Mm. Client services is been in this space in our industry for a little while, but it's not massive. So for those who don't know what client services is, mm. but maybe quite could be a good fit or a good placement for something like that. Can you briefly just explain to the world what client services really is and the responsibilities around that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's, I mean, client services is obviously a crucial um, part of kind of any service relationship, but I think small agencies typically neglect it quite a lot and um, we are trying to really in actively invest in it and it's basically just to make our clients as happy as they possibly can be. Yeah. Um, so I suppose the people that we're looking for are ludicrously organised, very smiley, happy and enjoy talking to people and obviously clients. Um, good string pullers, not scared of asking for um, stuff they need. Yeah. Um, Organised. And also not scared of working with Brad as well. Yeah. Got a resident Scotsman. Yeah, it must be scary. Um, finally, the last couple of weeks, we've hit some milestones for some clients, which is very exciting. And also in industries that me and you personally are quite interested in. Yes. So do you want to run us through those? Yeah, I mean, the, the big one was uh, one of our good clients, Collecting Cars, um, launched their sort of sister brand, Watch Collecting, um, which is an online-only auction platform for collectible watches. Yep. Um, and yeah, they launched what can only be six, seven, eight weeks ago and mm -hmm. have already hit a million pounds worth of watches sold through the platform, um, nice. including a very notable world record Patek um, Philippe 5711A which went for, I think, £86,000. There was loads of questions about why that was so high, and obviously it's to do with double boxing, which I know what that means, but for those yeah. that don't know, I might mean, have it seen, was seen a photo. There's a, there's a photo on Watch Collecting's Instagram. Yeah, I had, had to Watch Collecting's Instagram to see it, but there's, yeah, essentially really expensive watches come in really cheap-looking <laughs> boxes from the factory. So when you see a really sort of grandiose, like, wooden, whatever, really shiny watch box, yeah. that's not how dealers receive it's actually in like small can sort of um shipment boxes which are cardboard and like have like a really tiny cool. little cut out window that's made of plastic so you can I see really what watches but um yeah our um our ads relating to that had some very choice comments around 86 grand and you get it in that box they must be having a laugh <laughs> um which is yes they fun. are they're enjoying it a lot they are enjoying it they're laughing all the way to um to the quadruple overs that they've just um received for the watch but um exactly. but yeah awesome achievement and um yeah testament to the quality of of the idea and sort of how much they're shaking up the sort of traditional um way of selling valuable yeah. iconic collectible watches and cars um which is awesome cool so moving on we've got a little section in this podcast which is focused around being an entrepreneur which we i would say we both are obviously um so we've got a couple of questions to ask each other which is a nice way to start us off to get our brains thinking a little bit more um so i'm gonna kick things off are you prepared? Have you woken up a little bit at this stage? I'm, I'm awake. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm prepared for your questions. <laughs> okay, good. So what is the most exciting part of entrepreneurship for you? Um, I would say the ability to um, be the maker of your own destiny. Oh, how philosophical you are. It's quite philosophical. It's Friday, it's half past four and you're being... No, it sounds like I've, uh, I've been up to no good and then <laughs> given you that answer. But, um, you know, you're steering your own ship. Yep. You're, uh, yeah, you are in control. Um, the course, that, the course is set by you, which is, I think, things that appeal to me in a big way. Mm. Um, but it's a good question, really, isn't it? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna flip on his head to wake you up a little bit. What is the most worry worrisome? Is that a word? Worrisome. Okay, fine. What is the most worrisome 
having a dyslexic business partner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'd say that. Apparently, that's cyberbullying. Um, no, snowflakes. Everyone's a snowflake these days. Um, oh what's the most worrisome? Woken up at this point. What's the most worrisome? Um, Surely that that sentence needs something at the end of it. No, what is the most worrisome? Okay, we're moving on from the worrisome, like, hashtag worrisome gate. Um, we can get that trending on Twitter, everyone. Um, tag at Ollie.303 and just let him know that worrisome is a word that doesn't require any uh, support at the end of the sentence. <laughs> the most worrisome, I would say, actually, being uh, slightly nostalgic to this time last year, was sort of big world events where you don't have, like, a massive board of advisors and directors and whatever else who's going to tell you what's going to happen when mm. something like covid happens or not even necessarily something as big as covid but like you know recessions happen every several years yeah um you know in the exact same way as uh the, the previous philosophical example steering your own ship you're you know there's the odd storm mm. and liable for sinking you suddenly yeah you suddenly don't see, feel quite as in control as you were um so i'd say that but um, what's your what's your most worrisome? Not a worried guy, really. Most worrisome moment. What do you get most worried about? Let's rephrase it. That's better. I can resonate with that. What do I get most worried about? I think the one thing that worries me the most sometimes is the kind of... I think there's two things. The first thing is always client satisfaction. Because when you work in client services, you can never... Which is pretty much what we do. Like, we are offering a service to someone else. Mm. <clears throat> There's always going to be a change in perception. There's always going to be what people want, like where three or three lines up with a business or on their goals and like how they might fit in. There's, there's a lot of like uncertainty. There's obviously contracts and there's contract length, whatever it might be, but things do change quite a lot. So nothing's really ever the same for a long period of time, which is easily something to worry about. But actually, after a while, you get quite excited about that aspect of things, but it always will be a worry. The um, second guessing is what yeah. you do a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. The, um, the other thing is mainly, like, mainly team and like people that work with 303, whether they get bored. Like I worry that people just get a bit de-stimulated by general 303 life. Obviously, aside from this podcast, Sam, have you, have you been bored at your time at 303? Not a single one. Okay, Did you good. say aside from this podcast? <laughs> no, but it is like, I, I do always think about the team and whether or not there's the same motivation you have on your first week as to your first year. Mm. Like there's always going to be variety there. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing I worry about that's the professional life I worry about everything else I worry how you can't stop in a plane which is what I was speaking about the team the other day mm, you're very paranoid when you're about flying, flying aren't you? you can't stop what do you mean? you can't stop you could glide down no, to you land can't, but you're not stopped are you? it's the only mode of transport where you can't just stop boat stop in the water you can't it's not got brakes you put it in reverse yeah so you stop what if the engine dies? well you'll stop definitely you'll stop you're you're being being fireball. No, if you're in the ocean and you're on a boat doing 30 knots. I mean, we're getting sidetracked at this point, <laughs> but. <laughs> but no, you can't stop. Anyway, mm. moving on. Uh, your turn. You need to pay attention at this point, lad, because this is where we're meant to have a bit of a flow. God. <sighs> Amateur. Have you got any beers? <laughs> <laughs> right, the do's and don'ts of. Uh, this is still within the entrepreneur. I don't like the word entrepreneurship, but it's still within yeah, the. Yeah, can we uh, talk about the word entrepreneurship before we go into the? Do you know the definition of entrepreneurship? It's fucking bullshit. Oh, okay. That word is that probably it's comes from the French entreprendre. Is it, what does that mean? To take control. Yeah. Hmm. The word entrepreneurship for me is is bilingual been, things. It's been stained by tarnished. Tarnished patina is formed around that mm. word because it just feels like. Like if someone says to me, what, who, what, do, what do you do? I say I'm a business owner. 
I don't say I'm an entrepreneur. What do you say? Entrepreneur. I say, Go on. I, have a, I have a creative digital agency. No, they say, what's your job? Director of a business. Yeah, fine, that's what I thought out. I just think entrepreneur, there's something about it over the last couple of years where it's just become a bit... Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, bit, like, um, it's a bit like our deep fondness for people who are the chief executive officer of themselves. I literally don't it's understand like, It's our favourite topic. I, yeah, I, I spend a lot of time, obviously when, not when I'm working, just in spare time when I'm not, mm. not busy. Like when you find someone, and fair play, like I was there, I had a company with like three people or like one person, me and one other part-timer for a long time. Um, I would never call myself... You, were you chairman CEO. of the board? Like, I don't understand it. Like, I don't... Because I don't know if it's just a f- kind of like the whole fake it till you make it thing, which I do, like, as much as I don't really agree with that phrase, I do understand what people are trying to achieve. But I don't get why you would call yourself a CEO at that point. If you just don't understand it. Shits and gigs. It just literally is. Something's put on your LinkedIn profile. Anyway, what was your question? Or henge. When skipping past <laughs> Oliver, the do's and don'ts of starting a, uh, a business to someone who's thinking of doing so. Christ. It was so many years ago. What's your do before your don't? Is, it, is this... I've got a question for the question. Is this what I... Like, if I was going to do it again or what I did do? No, no, no. This is... Someone's walked up the stairs and they've gone, Oi, Ollie. Well, oi, Ollie. I'm going to start a bit... I'm going to start a business. Yeah. What... What's the one thing that you'd say to do and the one thing to not do? You've got to just... It's a very quick conversation. Something okay, terrible fine. is about to happen. The, <laughs> God. The one thing to do would be... Like, generally, what I wouldn't do and what I did is I wouldn't just start bleeding that company dry of capital early on. Because I think so many people do that. They start a business, they get a little loan, they make a bit of cash in the first six months, and then they just start buying Gucci trainers and Ray-Ban sunglasses and... Rolexes. Now, just to carry that, I have done that and been down that path. However, there's a certain level where, like, if you just started a business by yourself, you haven't got any team, you haven't got a strong infrastructure, it's not really a business, it's just got a company name. Like, anyone can go onto company's house and start a business. That's not, that's not starting a business for me. So I think it's about being sensible and actually having a kind of, like, maturity around it. But do not bleed a business, drive capital in your first, like, couple of years because you think you've made it. I think you really have to think about the long long term. Mm. Is that a good answer? That's a solid advice. It's assuming that someone's got capital is the only thing I'd say. Before they've even got the money. Oh shit, yeah. I've walked in, I've got an idea. No, but what, that's my point. Even if, they, if, if they've walked in and got the idea, they're going to go and find some money. If they don't, they'll try and make some. That's my point. It's kind of after that initial okay. stage, Fine. they then make a few bob and they start spending it. A few bob? Sound like a grand? <laughs> um, you've sort of done the don't now. Is that a do? That was the don't. Do the do. That was the order. In oh, was it? Uh... Oh, right. The do would be make as many mistakes as you can as early as possible. Deliberately. Deliberately. Not deliberately, but really, like, I suppose it comes to take risk. But, like, I would proactively take some risks where you think it will go wrong pretty early on. Or think there's a chance it would. Yeah, like, super high risk. Especially if you're young, like, take those risks a little bit more. I wish I took more risks back in the day in terms of, like, just, like, bigger office well not bigger office because it's stupid but like a bit more team more investment in equipment more invested in skills and talents investing in yourself a little bit more which is all quite risky because it's got a financial connotation to it but the the do is like proactively look for opportunities that are high risk and could go wrong mm. like even stuff like how you employ someone just doing it early on and possibly 
you know, doing like a part time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just make as many mistakes as you can. I've got to do about just go. this is a bit more like holistically about around starting your own business. Mm. Um, I heard it the other day and I just really enjoyed it. A lot of people say to me, like, were you not worried? Like, we is there not? Did you not think it was really risky? to come and do what we do. Have you, have you told people where you were, were going to go? Well, I had, like, after I left university, I had, like, I, I was offered a, like, graduate position at PepsiCo, which is like very prestigious. No, I prefer Coca-Cola, because <laughs> I sucked it off. But I suppose the point remains that Pepsi a lot Pepsi. of people, for some reason, have this, including, like, my parents and various other people that um, tried to advise me on this. Don't slag off Jane. But Jane's a lovely woman. I'm not slagging her off, but okay. I'm slagging off her judgment. She probably listens to this podcast. In the car. She doesn't know what podcasts are, mate. Oh, shame. She just listens to Simply Red. Um, it's chaos. <laughs> we'll take that. Um, no, my point My point was that there is this slight um, stigma, I would say, around n- starting a business without experience. And when I say experience, especially when you've like left probably a good university, you've had good opportunities and prospects in terms of like graduate positions or decent jobs after you've left, there is this connotation that you should therefore go and utilize the fact that you can get into those positions as opposed to starting yourself and i was i was talking to someone the other day about this and they made the point there is no better time when you are young 20s you've got more energy than you're ever going to have in the rest of your life you haven't got a mortgage you haven't got a family you haven't got a dog you've got you you are the worst case scenario is that you sink yourself Whereas quite a lot of people get to like late 20s, early 30s and go, I'm going to start that business that I've been thinking yeah. about for the last 10 years, having now been training as an accountant and being yeah. in finance or doing a big, you know, working for a PepsiCo or a Unilever or someone like that. I've got this idea. And then by the time they come to do it, they might they may go raise, they may, you know, have a, have a big stab at, at going to market and whatever. And it might not come off. That is the risk that you take. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't come off at that point, there's a like fairly decent chance that you might have a house and a family at that point mm. I'd argue it's far riskier to wait so if you've yeah, got yeah. an idea or a significant opportunity to join someone who's already started early on the curve a la moi um, a la moi bo, bo, bo. Oh, that's fr- oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was French wasn't it? Um, I, would, I would just implore people to at least give it a very strong think about like I wouldn't just default to the graduate position that everyone would be like oh my god big name because actually you'll be a tiny cog and you probably won't learn as much and you might miss the boat on you actually having the t- sort of opportunity to do it. So do it. I like it. It's good. Just do it. Just, oh, Nike, thank you. Sponsorship. Is that, is that a deal? Is that an ad deal? Yep. <laughs> yep. Right, marketing news this week. This is where you shine, boy, so I hope you're ready. You yeah. have woken up now a bit. You've, you've spoken, you've warmed it's been up. a lot of commentary about my weakness. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so a bit of marketing news this week. This is where we kind of like pull in some news in our space that people might be listening for, interested in. We obviously just give our opinion and our two cents. So probably one of the biggest ones that's been going on over the last couple of months um, in terms of platforms and how it will affect the digital marketing space. The Apple and Facebook saga continues. Um, yeah. So Apple have obviously released a new update of iOS 14. Point five. Point five. Is it point five? Yeah, point five. Um, can you tell us how that's affecting our space and how 303 is responding? Yeah, I mean, the very brief context is Apple have always been very pro-data privacy. Facebook has been very pro-utilizing as much data as it can from its platform. Yeah. And the resulting cookies of the websites who are advertising on their 
um, social media network and essentially what iOS 14.5 does is explicitly ask people to opt in to targeted advertising mm -hmm. and the yeah I mean the market assumption is that quite a lot of people just out of fear around data privacy and their own control over their own data um, are going to opt out and what that essentially means is that Apple iOS 14.5 users who have opted out won't be readable targetable traceable attributable on Facebook Google and any number of third-party advertisers yeah. um, why does that matter well because if I'm a small business that's advertising on Facebook to you and I wanted to retarget you because I knew you visited my website and you, you'd shown interest I might serve you a retargeting ad and or I might want to serve you a retargeting ad and if you're an Android user I could yep but now you're an iOS 14.5 user I no longer can because you've opted out um, how big is that audience within Facebook roughly in the UK uh, in the UK, I mean, it's tens of mills, yep. so it's trouble. Um, it like it is, it is somewhat troublesome. But I think there's quite a few things to unpack with it. the The main reason Apple want to do it is that they believe advertisers are lazy in how they target their users. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, the people that have done it to me, and I have spent now about 120 quid with them, which is so irritating. Is Quadlock the thing that like clips onto your bike? I, I genuinely think I got served a hundred ads before I bought it, mm. and at three hundred three, we always say to our to our like clients like five, six, seven ads per person, and no more. Like yeah. that's when you start pissing people off. You'll yeah. get reported. Blah blah blah. Um, there are businesses that just rinse remarketing for all it's worth, mm -hmm. and on the basis that eventually someone will go. Yeah. So that is what that is one of the main impetuses for it. Apple also say you just don't need as much data as Facebook One and all this sort of stuff. But um, essentially, yeah, it's going to reduce the targetability and the remarketability of these users. So um, it is definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely not ideal for, for advertisers. But I think with all these things, I'm, I'm a pretty firm believer that they come and go. I'm sure Facebook will have some form of remedy to the situation relatively shortly. It's yeah. such a rapidly evolving space. Um, there are also some tricks to the trade, which... I'll share with the podcast listeners, but no one else, such as you can still retarget video views. Um, so, Interesting. which is a huge development. We actually had a call with Facebook yesterday and found that out, um, which is nice because that's all within the Facebook platform. So like, even if you're an iOS 14.5 user, you're still a Facebook user. Yep. You're still watching my video ad. Yeah. You know, and if you've read, uh, sorry, read, if you've watched 16 minutes of a 17 minute video i'll still be able to target you on the basis that you've shown really significant interest so that's that's something that's positive um which would be interesting for our space obviously because as an agency we both create content and 100 digiteam so that's probably going to mean that a lot more brands are going to want to create content that's super engaging and watch for longer which means we can retarget for sure and and the the yeah the focus on video is going to probably become ever stronger so nice. um so yeah Sounds it's good. um it's a it's a little bit chaotic but um it's manageable is what i'd say good excellent Thanks so for your insights sir we got some faqs some questions from our audience and these questions have come from linkedin they've come from instagram they've also come from the podcast because apparently and i didn't really know this which is quite bad but anchor which we host this podcast with which is owned by spotify you can send in voice notes spotify and anchor yeah, did you not know that? No. Yep. They're about to wear an Arsenal as well. Chaos. Mm, mayhem. Um, so, yeah, these are being sent in. But if you do want to send in some questions and you use the Anchor app, you can actually voice note the question in, which a lovely man from Perth called 
Kaya? Is it Kai? Kai? I think it's Kai. Kai, sorry. Said your name wrong. Kai sent in and it was really cool. Didn't know that. Should we yeah. listen to it now? Yeah, we can. Well, yeah, let's start with him. Hey guys, um, really enjoyed the episode um, about the, the energy drinks. Interesting conversation. I'm from Perth, Australia. And um, my question to you is, are we putting more of an emphasis on digital um, in spite of or because of COVID-19? Um, would it have happened already? Has it sped it up or has it just got nothing to do with it and people are unfairly or inaccurately attributing the increase in digital to the pandemic? Would love to hear your thoughts. Firstly, Kai has got one of the coolest voices I've ever heard in my life. I've never mm. been to Australia because I couldn't do the flight because, you know, tube in the Because they can't stop. Can't stop. Um, I'm going to put that one to you, lad. With the um, So basically, I suppose what Kai is really asking is COVID accelerated the digital marketing space and the digital space and the online space. Yeah, would it have happened anyway? Um, Thoughts? My thought is that, yes, it would have happened anyway. I think the, ex- the acceleration, though, is without doubt now. Yeah. Um, I think at the start, there was this slight bubble feeling to everything that was happening. And like e-commerce-wise, we really saw that with our clients. We were like, this growth is a bit mental. Mm. Like, will that continue? I think a year on, we can now say, yeah, like it's here to stay. Um, I think we'll move towards more of a hybrid thing like we were used to prior to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I think in answer to the question, I think it was probably going to happen in spite of it. But I mean, a lot of a lot of studies that I've read have said like e-commerce is literally accelerated 10 years in a year. So yeah, I was going to say from, from my perspective, I definitely agree that it has accelerated it. What I think will be interesting though, is to see how much it slows down in the coming years. So again, like you, I've I've seen a lot about the growth of e-commerce in the last year compared to the previous years, but I do think there will be a slowly gradual kind of like catch up period in the coming years where actually there's been so much development that now we've got we've got a way for tech to develop, mm. et cetera, et cetera, in order to keep it keep up. Stuff like AI, all that kind of jazz from shopping. I know <clears throat> a lot of the um, more luxury spaces have kind of evolved that with try-ons and all that kind of thing, which is great because of COVID. But I think now people will probably spend a lot of time from a technical perspective when it comes to e-commerce to c- develop what they've been working and rushing to push out. You know, yeah. we know so many, like even um, Shopify have developed their platforms so much in a year because of COVID. I think there's now going to be a bit of a catch-up period where they really just make sure everything is developed well. Um, from yeah, yeah. a bit of a cool-off. Exactly, yeah, exactly. A cool-off period um, that they look into. But in terms of social platforms, I think they've obviously had a massive spike. I think it will be interesting to see with platforms like Clubhouse coming out and Stereo, like how that space is going to evolve. Because that, yeah. I think it has really been pushed because of COVID. Um, I know. Yeah, because Kai's, Kai's question is the digital world, isn't it, really? Yeah. Like, I think... It, in, in picking things off, e-commerce 100% accelerated because of COVID. Yep. Like that's because people couldn't leave the house to go shopping. Yeah, That's for sure. Australia, I actually don't know what the trend is. Like Australia has had much less of a strict lockdown situation, but in the UK, like, I mean, everyone now, I mean, I've got zero ambition to ever go back to a like clothes shop, for instance, again. I I'd very gladly weird. never have to go to a supermarket again. I'd like to go to the butchers and maybe to, a, like, if I'm buying something you expensive. You haven't been to a supermarket. I have been, but I would gladly never go again. Mm. It's horrible. I occasionally deliver waitrose now. Speaking of that, speaking of that, and this is moving on from Kai. Kai, thanks very much for your question. Amazon Go. Mm. Have you been to one yet? Have you been to it? No, not yet. I, I really want to go. Where is the one? It is. Can someone search where the new Amazon Go store is, please? Thank you. Let us know. Um, 
I mean the people in the room, not the people who listen to the podcast. Um, yeah, I really want to go to that, but I also think that's been accelerated massively because of COVID. Obviously, contactless um, kind of shopping completely. Can you imagine using stuff. cash? Yeah. I mean, someone actually gave me cash the other day for a really random reason. That sounds dodgy. But I had received some cash the other day, and I generally don't know what I'm to do with it. I've got a bank note in my wallet that's I mean, I several scanned, months old. I scanned a check into my app the other day. A check? A check. Someone gave me a check. Czech Republic? Yeah. Ealing. It's in Ealing. Why is it in Ealing? No, is it? Yeah, Ealing. It must be Ealing. Not, oh, not Ealing, East London town. Yeah. Oh, right, cool. Thank, thanks for the location <laughs> update. Um, yeah, I really want to go, but that, so stuff like that in the terms of a digital space and an online space, obviously that's pretty offline, but how this like, kind of tech is evolving massively this year has been huge. So yeah, um, yeah, Kai, thanks very much for your question. So next question is, is 303 in the field you ultimately wanted to work in? Should I say that I'll start with that one? Yeah. I suppose yes and no. Obviously 303 started as a production company and then evolved. So I would have said yes. A lot of people sometimes ask me what I would have done if I didn't have 303 and I actually don't know, but genuinely do not know. Um, it'd be interesting to see what I do afterwards. Well, I'm probably one of those entrepreneur types that people always call themselves. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately I had a massive interest in it. I think the content side of things and the creative and now now the space, I, I think yes is my answer. What about mm. you? Yeah, I mean, I I was aware of Cause you, wait, wanting did, to go into marketing. What did you do at uni? I did management, a master's in, in management. But I... <laughs> <laughs> I did management, a yeah. master's in, in management. It was master's. a master's in management. A first you, class master's in management, actually. Oh, all right. From, yeah, from yeah. what kind of university? Yeah, very high quality... Uh, high quality... Uh, University of Edinburgh, very uh, very good place. Good. Uh, no, I I would say I'll actually I'm, I'm going to name drop Ben Marder. Who? He was my uh, he was my dissertation advisor. I basically I was interested ben in marketing, Marder. but he Ben had very many strange specialisms. But one of them was he'd literally developed like a specific um, trip advisor rating that would drive the most intent to go to a restaurant. So like if you've just got 25 stars everyone's like nah that's your family and mates saying that your new restaurant's five stars if you've got like a load of fives a load of ones and then a few in the middle people might be like is this like an algorithm he literally developed an algorithm for like the What's perfect score his name's ben marder ben sounds fantastic um, ben's great i really like ben really like ben i, was, uh, I spoke to him on linkedin not long ago but he's he's a great guy but he he drove um a level of interest in me to like explore how digital marketing affected purchase behavior quite a lot which then resulted in me wanting to go into like growth e-commy stuff yeah because so, I, think, I think for yeah. both of us as well the biggest interest in our industry is it's constantly evolving so we're not in a stagnant industry that's very much established and is as big as it will be the business will probably be very different in it yeah i think that's time, kind of what draws us the most and ultimately is probably why we wanted to work in it yeah i actually wanted to be a chef until i was like 17 so a bit of a change of course chefing yeah can you cook I'm a good cook. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. I haven't had much of your food in the last year, boy. We haven't, had, we haven't been, been able to do that it's, because it's of the COVID. Lockdown. Mm. Um, what's it really like start, oh, Sorry, next question. <laughs> what is it really like starting a new company? How do you handle... Next question. What is it really like starting a new company? I mean, I've been more involved in the client capacity, to be honest, than this. This existed. Yeah, I think I suppose it's a good question. Yeah, I think really. to be honest, I don't think like I I do believe that at some point we will start other businesses, both independently and probably together, and we have done that over the last kind mm. of year in, in some forms. Um 
I think starting a different business each time is always different. I don't think it's ever the, ever the same experience. I reckon if you speak to some of the biggest kind of business owners and entrepreneurs in the UK and in the world that have multiple businesses and have started them from the ground up, it's always a different experience. I think the one thing that probably gets easier is every time you do it, obviously it's a bit, you're a bit more used to it. But I would imagine every industry, every, te- every sector you open, every size of business, there's always yeah. different challenges. Um, I suppose very practically, like we know how to start and run a really small business and then yeah. grow it somewhat. So like in terms of like, I think I'd be, if I was to not have done 303, I think I'd be pretty disillusioned by the prospect of starting it just by like, who do I use as an accountant? Who do I use as a lawyer? Like, yeah, like yeah. there's quite a lot of like random stuff that's probably quite intimidating, but is actually quite easy. Yeah, um, completely. Because even today, like, we'll talk about stuff, and I'll be like, oh, "I know how to do that," and you're like, "How do you know how to do that?" And I'll be like, "Well, because Ollie knows how to reconcile," which blows my mind. It's mayhem, mate. Honestly, zero is. Mental. I did reconciliation at university, but I still can't remember. Um, so yeah, Ollie. what's it really like? I would say to like hit it on the head it's always super exciting it's always stressful it's never not going to be stressful even if you're one of those people that meditates for 15 hours a day like it's always going to be super intense yeah brad um, sam you meditate we know you meditate boy you scream of having a gong in your living room it's like you do you do um but yeah i think like it, the the biggest thing is exciting for us it's a new space it's a new innovation there's the sky's the limit with 303 which we do genuinely believe um but yeah overall super exciting but also super stressful to put it into simple terms. Yep. Um, right, we're going to close off today's episode. Have you had fun with this new structure? I have actually. Got? I've, in, I've yeah? enjoyed it. A little bit more relaxed. We're trying to more chill out a little bit. I was putting on a bit of a news presenter voice before. I still do that occasionally. But yeah, whatever. The evening news with Ollie. Hello, welcome to the six, six no, o'clock news. No, 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 no. I, I, do you, what would you reckon that? Do you reckon I'll be good? What do, you reckon, what do you reckon I'll be better at? Reading the news or reading the weather? Reading is in both, so... No, not being rude, okay, but presenting neither. the news or presenting the weather. If you had to pick one, that'd be better. Autoprompters would be chaos for you. It would be impossible. But yeah. do you think I'd be good at the weather? Because it'd be pictures I can reference. Yeah, you like pictures. Yeah, I enjoy them. Photographer at Ollie dot three three. Bit of Check a car- like a good old cartoon really gets me. Um, mm, mm, mm. So we've got a, a small game. Small game. A game that we probably played when back when we were sixteen. But I think it's quite funny. Um, two truths, one lie. Okay. I'm doing it this time. You're not allowed to look at the piece of paper because you'll know the answer. Okay? This has been prepared. Someone's put a lot of time into this. Not I me. don't know. So it should have been deleted. Right. Much, it? The UK has the highest rate of online grocery sales in the West. Of the world, obviously. So self-driving cars are to be allowed into the UK this year. And Spotify and Apple are working together with a new podcast subscription platform. Go through each one. Which one do you think could be a truth? Brits. This is like that thing with Brits David. love a supermarket, don't they? They love a supermarket. Like, absolutely love... Brit- British people love queuing. My granny was more excited about receiving the second vaccine so she could go to M&S than she was to see me. Yeah, like, fully. She, she loves... Joyce, Joyce, Joyce loves, loves M&S. M&S. It's chaos. Yeah. So you reckon... Caramels? It's the, the first one you reckon is the truth? Yeah, I think Okay, true. second one. Self-driving cars will be allowed into the UK this year. They keep crashing, don't they? Yeah. Um, or Spotify and Apple are working on a podcast subscription platform. Also seems highly unlikely. Um, self-driving cars being allowed into the UK this year this year the 2021 allowed into the UK um, on the road batting round causing crashes I didn't need a point of clarification <laughs> this year was 2021 and then the car would be well, on well you were a bit sleepy today so oh, no, I, I'd, I'd fill you in 
Sleepy comments. Is anyone else bored of this? Fucking <laughs> hell. Right, which is it? Which is the lie? Um, if you, okay, if you guess the lie. Yep. 50 quid. No, no, I will buy dinner next week. Oh, wait, before I say that, actually, you know about good dinner spots. So I'll buy dinner at a restaurant that's under 65 quid a head. That's quite a lot. But you know, you Must could, e- well. you could um, easily spend more. Okay, under 50 quid a head. Fuck it, we're going to McDonald's if you get this right. I love a slack. You do. Um, the other day I ordered McDonald's like, on my way home from uh, having a few... I was supporting a local pub. And as I left the pub, ordered a, a McDonald's. You support all the local pubs in the area. Man like delivery was on my doorstep oh, as I arrived at home. Just slightly off topic with McDonald's. Yeah. Have you seen that they've removed all the plastic from their thing? So it's now all cardboard toys. I'm a I little bit out. I read that. Ollie, there's a plastic. Um, I know, crisis. but I'm a little bit upset about. I it. don't think Apple and I don't think Apple and Spotify are doing anything. That's a lie. You think that's a lie? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Final answer. Final answer, Chris. Is <laughs> in Chris? Har- no, not Tarrant. Chris Tarrant. Tarrant. Uh, you're correct. Spotify and Apple are not working on a podcast because we've together. Obviously, I think you probably knew that because Wee. you're relatively intelligent. Um, but yeah, you've won. So I'll buy you McDonald's. What would you have? Five selects, medium fries, Coke Zero. Is that it? Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce for the selects or the fries. No, I'd actually go. I'll just fresh fitness food at me. Oh, at fresh fitness food. Mm-hmm. Very I'm good. back on. Okay. Back on the wagon. Okay, great. Thanks so much for listening. Jamie, thanks for giving up your precious, precious time to join us on this podcast. Ah, you're welcome, boy. You're welcome. Um, we'll be back soon, won't we? We will. And if you do actually know anything about paid media, get in touch. You're really desperate for, for some I'm not desperate. I just, I just need money on view. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, Jamie, if people want to uh, subscribe or rate, where can they go? All of the usual places, the Spotify's, the Apples, yep. Amazon probably have something churned out, yeah. um, Anchor. If you're not if you're not using Spotify and Apple, have a word with yourself. <laughs> um, and if they wanna if they want to um, ask you a question, how do they get in touch? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn at the moment. If you have to if I was to be given one social platform for the rest of the time, LinkedIn, LinkedIn at the moment. Yeah. I'm really into LinkedIn. I keep going viral as well, which is chaos. Oh, God, right on that note, we're out of here. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.